more of the good stuff. Okay, and we have much, much, much more of that good stuff coming up in today's episodes of Stuff Central. We're talking lots of very, very cool tech. Um, and thank you for joining. Thank you for listening in. My name is Liron Segev, um, also known as the Techie Guy. And today, once again, have the lovely Claire Mattis from Brainstorm. How's it, Claire? Hi, how are you? Good. Good. Are you feeling confident? Are we ready to do this? Yes, we are. you rocking and rolling? Oh, yeah, always. Oh, there's some awesome tech to talk about. Always. This. Yeah, okay. So we've got some really, really cool stuff. We're talking about anything from the Bionic Bra to start you off. We're also talking about something that affects every single one of us. Um, the fact is that WhatsApp messages are actually legally binding. So that's coming up in the show later on. We've got Paul Jacobson to talk about that. So um, one of those things that you've got to be careful of what you say, where you say, and how you say it, right? Right. Okay. Um, so before we get started, so Claire, how do people get a hold of us if they want to? Uh, you can find us on cliffcentral.com. The studio number is 861 555189. Twitter is at cliffcentral.com. Oh, at Uh WeChat official account is cliffcentral. Facebook is cliffcentral. And Instagram is at cliffcentral. So pretty much everywhere. Right. Okay. Um, so I suppose let's get kind of kicking off with the hot story of the week at the moment. And that's the fact that Sony got hacked. Have you heard about this? No. What happened okay. to Sony? So dear old Sony, being the international company, they got um, hacked out of their system. Their system got locked down. Um, Ouch, yes, that's the word you were looking for. And basically what happened, these guys um, logged into their system, um, made sure that they had no access to that system, (gasps) and basically tried to extort some money out of them. Um, A lot of their um, confidential information is already leaked onto the Internet, including unreleased movies um, and including username, password, credit card numbers, and even Brad Pitt's personal cell phone number. Some people might go, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Others are a little bit more concerned about the How do we get hold of that, do you think? uh, Of the number or the hacker group? No, either. Okay. Well, for you, we'll make a plan. (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, effectively, that's that's where we're at. And what is quite embarrassing is there's some email correspondence going between um, a couple of their directors and CEO saying that they don't like that actor is quite crap, and they should rather please that one. And this was oh a winding brat, and so the kind of you know embarrassing stuff. So it's that's, all out there. So it is all out there. Oh, so um, originally they thought actually it was um, North Korea mm-hmm. that's doing this um, because there's a movie that's currently being shot called The Interview in North um, about North Korea. Yeah, um, and they thought this has got to be them say you can't do it Um, but uh, the theory is kind of moving against them um, with the latest release or latest hack they think it's more monetary monetary thing so how do you come back from something like this it's very difficult I mean they they kind of actually have no they have no comment uh, Mm. very very little comment Um, then and Probably the safest way to handle is that at the moment. Mm. They've got some security companies in there all doing some forensic audits to mm. find out how they got in and what what is the actual damage. But, yeah, at the end of the day, it, it is all in, you know, all out there. Um, no. And, you know, we all, I mean, we all say things we shouldn't, but and, and in, in confidence to each other, uh, you know, you don't want your clients to hear this or yeah. see that necessarily. Um, and you could be having an off day and he pissed you off this morning, so you kind of ranting and raving. Mm. Um, but to make that public, that's going to be hard. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be bad. Yeah. Do you think they'll lose quite a lot of business out of this? So far, um, yeah. I mean, that's all Sony. Look, Sony, you know, rightly so, isn't focusing on that at the moment. They're just Good. trying to <laughs> recover. Yeah. Some sort of dignity. Right. Um, I think they'll be less embarrassed if there was like 
porn pictures of the director shagging a girl. Oh, nothing like that. No, no, no. This, oh. no, no nothing Why are we talking no. about this then? Okay. No, no, <laughs> I was getting there. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, uh, um, so, yeah, so Sony is in a lot of world of hate at the moment. Mm. So mm. Not, they're like not it. having a, a, <laughs> a good run. No, no. Um, but speaking of shagging, um, uh, no, okay, well, I mean, I have to leave to the story somehow. Um, you found speaking of boobs, maybe. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm happy to go with that. Okay, okay. okay you can't go wrong with boobs, right? Um, <laughs> a bionic bra that automatically boosts and loosens to keep your breast in one place? Mm-hmm. I thought that's what hands are for. Well, well, <laughs> well, when you're alone and that's you're using hands your for. hands for other things, <laughs> okay, right. maybe. Okay. Um, no, no. What, uh, what is this about? So a group of scientists led by um, Gordon Wallace and a lady called Julie Steele, two professors of a, the university called... This might take a while for me to pronounce. What a long dong. No. That can't be the university's name. What long gong in Australia. <laughs> Close They've enough. come up with a prototype of something they're calling the um, bionic bra. So it's taken them 15 years to come up with this. And now um, this this bra is made up of intelligent components like actuators and sensors. Um, and it's supposed to automatically tighten and loosen depending on what situation you're in. Now, bras are uncomfortable, Right. Like you're sitting I don't know in. Why you're saying right? Like we're looking at you. Well, like, yes, of course. No, I'm, I'm explaining. Like it can be so uncomfortable. Okay. Like you've been wearing this thing all day, and it's either too tight or too loose, and you're you're, you know, all over the place. You need something that'll hold you in. So the way this thing works is it predicts whether maybe if you're at the gym and you're having a bit of a sweat, it might just tighten a little bit, so that, you know, you're okay. not falling all over the place, and. um yeah, otherwise maybe if you're sitting in traffic it'll loosen because you obviously need space to breathe and that kind of thing. So it's really quite a cool invention, I thought. Um, at the moment, it, um, it's been described as a bit of a bulletproof vest. So I know none of us would want to wear anything like that. <laughs> Not so sexy, right? No, no. Okay. That's beautiful. Um, <laughs> it but can stop yeah. AK-47. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're going to keep working on it and try and get it. They basically want to just transform the bra design in general. So is, is this kind of more wearable tech? Being kind of more included into clothing now? Yeah, it could, I suppose it could be, but don't, but wearable tech, wouldn't you be able to control that yourself? Whereas this bra is supposed to sense whether you're gonna need yeah. the space or not. Uh, right? And uh, it's like the pilot suits that they wear when they realize they're going to like G-force, they kind of, they tighten so yeah. the blood stays where it's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly, that exactly like that. Blood tighten, I mean, it tightens so the blood stays where it's supposed to be. We're still talking about the, okay. Yeah. Um, Okay. Are we talking so, about jetpacks? So, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, I find that it's amazing the fact that technology, I mean, I mean, first of all, it's, ma- I mean, it's reduced in size. Yeah. It must be portable enough. But I mean, I can't see you going home to charge your bra tonight because, you know, you need to have. Yeah, I wonder what they would do. do you know? I'm sure that will look. Solar powered. Hold on. Let me take my top off. I gotta just charge. <laughs> yeah, the boys would love that. Now, they? that's an additional feature <laughs> for 9.99. <laughs> you can get that. Yeah. Um, I think they, you know, they're still working on it. They've been okay. working on it for 15 years. So we'll see what they come up with, but it's quite, I'd love I think to do that research. It's quite a nice. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, and uh, done. Done. <laughs> <laughs> fail. Try again. <laughs> Hashtag. Okay. No, but um, no, obviously but they're still going to look sure. into it, and I mean, it's taken them 15 years to get to this point for technology to catch up exactly. to this kind of exactly. understanding, which is pretty cool. So I think it'll be quite quick no. from but now. I mean, in all yeah. seriousness, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. I mean, that things adjust, um, you know, uh, depending on well, our situation. It's, you know. it's, it's to get your to wrap your head around that is yeah. 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 Okay, there's just too many references I can go there. Um, but, but speaking of the similar reference, the new Durex condom ad is amazing. Have okay. you seen this? You, okay, this is, this is unbelievable. So, 
you know, the adult industry um, or the sexual well-being industry, as they like to call themselves, um, you know, it's always ahead of the curve. I mean, it's all like porn or don't like porn. At the end of the day, we wouldn't have online payment or e-commerce if it wasn't for porn. Right. So it is what it is. But Jurex has pushed the envelope one more, t- one more time. I can't look at you while I'm doing the story. Um, and basically what they've done is that they've said, here's an ad. That makes perfect sense if you're watching it. So you push play if it's on YouTube or on TV and you see a guy coming out of a van. He's walking with a box of condoms and you can see different scenes, suggestive scenes happening around him. People closing curtains. But he's a delivery guy. Yeah, he's yes, a delivery yes, guy. Yeah. So you can see so nothing, nothing sort of, nothing nothing mm. He walks up to the second floor. He hands the woman a box of condoms and she slams the door and that's the end of the mm-hmm. end. Eager okay. to get her package. Pretty much. Okay. Um, then here's where the magic comes into play. If you watch the same ad, with your tablet. Right. Okay. And you download the app. That's quite cool. You download the app. You, as the ad starts, your tablet knows that the ad has started and starts to play another ad, but from a different point of view. So the man's walking down the street towards the house where he's delivering the package. Right. A woman is seen from his point of view closing the curtain. But on your tablet, you see it from the woman's point of view. She's looking down at the man walking in the street ah. and she closes the curtain and she's starting to make out with her guy. Oh, wow. Okay. As he's carrying on to, um, walking towards another scene, there's like a shower scene from the outside. You can see nothing. So on your TV, it's absolutely vanilla. But if you're looking at it on your tablet, you actually see it, what's happening from the inside. Right. Not so vanilla right. <laughs> at this stage of the game. Okay. And it's all about kind of, so the same ad being displayed in two different ways. Um, and what's really awesome about it, once she picks up that package, um, effectively, the ad on TV ends, but on your tablet, it takes you to the e-commerce site, uh-huh. and you can start buying, buying. any of those products clever. that you've just seen. Very okay. clever. Very, very clever. So it's all really, really well what done. happens in the background, what happens behind closed doors kind of a that, thing. That, that kind of thing. So if you're looking at it at your tablet, cool. you'll see the stuff that you're not supposed to see. Right. Okay. Right. Um, but so there's a scene where two girls are making out um, on the steps. Obviously, there's two girls making out. I mean, it has Obviously. to be. Um, um, on the steps. Okay. And then nothing happens. On your tablet, you see it as they come going inside and they're closing that front door. What happens to what happens to them? Mm. Okay, mm. right. Um, but wait, if you buy now, those girls <laughs> deliver it. Well, that's what they want you to think. All right. But I think it's very funky. Mm. Very, very. Sounds cool. sounds very good. Uh, um, and kind of taking, you know, pushing the. So that's Jurex, more more. you said. That's Jurex, yeah. Let's Jurex. just uh, write that down I and think have a watch we should, later. We'll tweet the links as we oh, always do so after the show. Mm. Um, Speaking of Twitter, I mean, we've got a couple of minutes before our first strong break. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, um, Claire is going to read out the official account. No, uh, yes, she's going to. She's holding up the paper. I don't know what she's doing. Okay. Twitter is at cliffcentral.com. Um, you can also do the WeChat thing, cliffcentral, 0861 Um, or, you know, I'm happy to give out mine. It's L-I-R-O-N underscore S-E-G-E-V, which is my, <laughs> my Twitter handle. Um, you can ask some questions ba- based on that. Um, and then, um, yeah, Claire, what is your Twitter in case someone wants to get hold of you? Oh, it's at Claire Petra. Um, 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 and, uh, our brainstorm is brainstorm mag. So if you just want to get in touch, you want to have some questions to ask, go for it. Perfect. So otherwise, we are ready to go to our first crawl break. Okay, so we had David Greta Bad and GDFR by Flo Rider. That got us into a bit of a, a bit of a mood. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. so speaking of mood, <laughs> um, okay. So now when you're talking legal, 
this is something that everybody goes like, ooh, and ah, mm. and what, is, what does it all mean? So in the studio, we've got Paul Jacobson, digital risk strategist, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay. Um, web tech law, right? Yeah. Okay. So Paul is going to talk to us about um, something that actually affects each and every single one of us. Um, I don't know too much about it. I suppose that's why, Paul, that's why you're here. Um, apparently, there's some legal precedent has been set to do with emails, WhatsApps. What's going on? Uh, well, basically what's happened is um, a couple of cases have come out recently which talk about the does the legal effect of things like emails and WhatsApp messages when it comes to things like contracts. Yeah. So it's not so much a new thing. Okay. It's really just a court has actually now – courts have now been talking about the these principles which were laid out in a 2002 law. Okay. So, so it isn't new per se, but maybe the, new, the technology is or how they're applying it now? Well, okay. So the the law that these that these that these um, judgments talk about is the Electronic Communications and Transactions Act, which came out in two thousand and two, and the law is technology neutral. So it just basically says, okay. you know, if you have data messages, that you can have uh, a conversation using data messages, which actually amounts to a contract, among other things. Okay. So if we break it down to kind of real. You know, kind of real everyday stuff. Um, and we, you said email, you said WhatsApps. Um, so if I send Claire a message now to say, hey, Claire, you got a really funky car, and she says, no, you can have it, and I say, cool, how much? And she says, nothing, it's all yours. Is that a contract? It, generally speaking, yeah. I mean, what you also need to bear in mind is there's some type of contracts have very specific formalities. Sure. So what you can't do, for example, is say, hey, you know, I want to buy your house. And Claire says, sure, you can buy my house for 50 rand and, you know, have a contract, a binding contract by WhatsApp. Because some types of contracts like property sales have to be done in a very specific way. But for the most part, like a lot of your day-to-day routine contracts, you can have a binding contract by WhatsApp, email, uh, Twitter DM, you know, the, all, all this stuff. Sure. But isn't this going to cause a hell of a headache for people? I mean, it, you know, schlepping everybody into court every five minutes saying, but you told me on WhatsApp or you told me via email, that kind of stuff. In a sense. I mean, it's not like it's a new thing. I think it's going to sort of balance itself out. It's not a cheap exercise taking people into court, but I think what's going to happen, and we actually saw this with uh, with that big case, that big criminal case last year when, you know, there were revelations coming out about how uh, the police were using WhatsApp and WhatsApp messages and how they were using these sorts, of, these sorts of things. What's going to happen is there's going to be a process of people realizing, oh, hang on a second, that email conversation that we had actually has a binding impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you have a... Uh, one of the cases that came out was about a contract, about changing the contract or canceling the contract through an email conversation. And people are used mm. to this idea of, well, you can't change the contract unless you have, um, you know, unless you put it in writing and sign it. And they're thinking as well, it's got to be on paper. But mm. no, not really. You know, unless you carefully craft that, if you have an email conversation saying, okay, let's just kill this deal, then the other person says, sure, let's do that. And there's some basic things in place. And that's it, you know. So I yeah. think that's going to be the learning curve. Yeah. Because, I mean, all, all the contracts that we've seen to date have all got kind of your your dollar your, your address and then mm. it's even you know the old contract says now it's got to be by registered letter or it's got to be by fax even um, you know they got really kind of technologically advanced if you could fax it um, to that location all correspondence going to happen there are we now extending that now saying look uh, you know your address doesn't matter your email is your address or is it just supporting stuff I think what what you're actually seeing is you're seeing that. Um, usually contracts just say, look, if you're going to change it, it's got to be in writing and signed. Now, you can have an email conversation which meets those requirements. So what you're actually seeing is you're seeing contracts being a lot more prescriptive. They're saying you cannot 
change this contract by email. It actually has to be, you know, on paper in ink. So being very, very specific about it. Or if you want to change this contract by email, it has to be in a very specific way. Um, so things like your domicilium addresses and those are still relevant, but then you often have a fallback that says, regardless of what the addresses are, if somebody actually gets this thing, then that's fine. Then it's as if they got it at the right address. So people are just going to have to be a lot more careful about how they do this and how they manage this stuff. And how would they be more careful? Well, things like, you know, if you don't want the risk of somebody um, terminating your contract or changing the contract through an email conversation, then you put wording into your contract that says you can't change the contract through an email, say. Mm. Or if it's through an email, it has to be done in a specific way or it has to be digitally signed in a particular way. Those kinds of things. Okay. Um, I think that's, it's just a process of, of getting used to this idea that these actually have an impact. Okay. And then um, I read about um, a new app being launched. It's kind of similar to a WeChat, um, um, uh, a WhatsApp. WhatsApp kind of thing um, called WeMeet. But it's, it's sort of like Snapchat. It only lasts for about 30 seconds or something like that. How would that affect anything? Because you would maybe be taking photos of the conversation that you've just had or something like that. Would that be anything? Would that be able to... Well, I suppose it depends on the nature of the of the kind of contract you have. The biggest thing, the biggest challenge with that sort of thing I can see is that your conversations you often want to dredge it out as evidence of what you agreed. So the mm-hmm. reason why you have a contract that you, you know, type up or write up and you sign and you keep copies is because if there's a disagreement later, you want to bring it out and say, well, this is what we agreed on. Mm-hmm. So if you now have this Snapchat style. Uh, messaging thing where you actually lose the conversation after a period of time you're basically losing your evidence of what you actually agreed to so if it's a dispute how do you figure that one out and it may just go back to well he said he said she Mm. said Mm. Uh, so people may very well wind up taking screenshots or photos of those conversation threads just to maintain that evidence yeah yeah so do would you say whatsapp is too much of a basic version it you wouldn't be able to hold anyone accountable no, I think you could. I think the challenge is how do you get that conversation back? So what happens if you change your phone and two years later you now need to prove this conversation? How do you actually mm. get that, that conversation thread back and prove it? Um, I suppose it's a similar thing with things like email and that, although email, it's, you know, there's a bit more certainty to how you actually store it and different places where it could be. Yeah. So it becomes more of an evidentiary thing. Like how do you actually go and find that the evidence of that conversation, uh, you know, and then you've, there's some things about proving that it's authentic and that it is what it's supposed to be and those. So they, it becomes challenging. So the best thing is actually if you're going to have some kind of conversation which you expect will have some sort of binding effect on you, mm. then use something a little bit more traditional, say traditional in quotes. So use mm. email, don't use Twitter DMs, don't use WhatsApp yeah. messages. But remember that if you do use Twitter DMs, Facebook messaging, WhatsApp messaging, or whatever comes next, it has the same type of effect, but it just introduces other problems, you know, along the way. Yeah. So be cautious, really. So something like encryption, um, which people, I mean, is there, I know we've spoken about this in the past with like Telegram being one of the apps that came out saying it's instant messaging, but it's encrypted. Um, you know, I suppose with all of this, it's more of evidence to help you support what you're trying to fight for. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so this is just yet another trail 
to help to help you do that? Well, look, things like in, in, I suppose not so much the encryption, but more the authentication yeah. side of it is that it helps you prove that that conversation thread wasn't tampered with because it'll break the signatures. So if you have that kind of infrastructure in place, if we're if we're communicating and we're using say I don't know PGP or whatever it is, uh, and we've got valid signatures, then we can we can base we can say yes. with a fair degree of confidence that nobody has messed with our conversation. With something like Telegram, for example, there was a concern that the encryption was being sort of broken halfway through and messed around with. So if some, if I ever said to you, no, well, actually, I didn't say that. You, you deleted a not right. or mm. something, a key word in the document. Sure. You know, it's harder to then go and prove, no, actually, this is a true representation of what was discussed if there's a, a likelihood that it was tampered with. Um, just a quick question that come that's come through via Twitter. Um, Peter wants to know if there's a – if I deliberately put a virus on your machine and then with the – um, you know, with specific reason to go and delete your messages, could that be seen as uh, as destruction of evidence? Well, it is, and it's actually a violation. It's actually a criminal act in terms of the Electronic Communications and Transactions Act. But just the, just the fact that I'm doing it—that's the first one. Yes. But then this is just now another another something else to add on top. Well, of it that. adds to it. Right. So you know, you you got to think now also about the integrity of the data and how you're preserving that data and protecting it, and whether you're backing it up and are you safeguarding it from interference. So look, working working digitally. On the one hand, it streamlines a lot. You know, you can have a real conversation. You can have, you know, it opens a door to having, to contracting with people remotely and effectively. And, and in many ways, if you're doing it digitally, it's probably more effective. Uh, you have better uh, data integrity. You have a better chance of uh, securing, you know, ensuring the authenticity of everybody and all sorts of things. Uh, but on the other hand, you have to think differently about it because yeah. it's, you know, you, you have to think about how you manage the data and how you preserve it. So it's, there are pros and cons to it. And it just means you have to really start thinking about it differently. I mean, remember that the way we think about contract at the moment is largely based on a paper paradigm. Yes. Mm. Where we also make a lot of assumptions about who we are in a room, that we all know each other and so on and so on. So there are a lot of assumptions there that we take for granted in a paper space. And when you go digital, those assumptions are tested through things like authenticity and data integrity and all of that. Sure. Okay. I mean, that's quite hectic. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, I know of, of one of the um, high level accounting firm whose top directors are not, a, not allowed to have emails, um, simply because it's too easy to reply to a mail saying yes or no or, and people make decisions based on those, on those quick comments. So they actually write their comments down on a paper and, it's, and somebody's got to type them up. Yeah. But by writing it down, you've got a chance to think about it as opposed to, oh, I'm on the phone, I want to quickly get this mail out, reply, say, yes, go for it. And it's a million dollar transaction yeah. that you, yeah. that you stuffed up. So yeah. I suppose we've got to start, all of us got to start thinking more carefully mm. about the ease of yes, no's, maybes and kind of what we're leaving behind and what it does, does actually mean to us. But it just seems ridiculous that you could be held accountable for something you say over WhatsApp or SMS or in well, email. Not really. I mean, if we're, let's say we're sitting in a room and you say to me, hey, that's a great pair of sunglasses. Can you buy for a hundred bucks? And I'm not paying attention. I say, sure, take it. Mm-hmm. Or I'm distracted or I'm irritable or something. That's still a binding contract. You know, we've agreed on the thing that we're, that I'm selling. You know, we've agreed on how much it is. Yeah. We're in person. So it's, it's not really that different to if you message me and say, Hey, that was a great pair of sunglasses you have. Can I have it for a hundred bucks? What it means though is that we need to just be a little bit more deliberate about, um, how, what we say using these channels. It's the same thing with like social media. You know, when people use social media, uh, one of the big wake up calls in that case last year or this year was that, 
you know, you, you say things on Twitter or you say things on Facebook and you don't really think, well, it's as serious as if you put it on the, you know, the, the, the metaphorical front page of the newspaper mm. or, you know, billboard and mm. Sandton City type of thing. But it has the same kind of effect. So it just means we've got to actually realize, look, all of these modes of communication, all of these ways that we communicate with each other have pretty much the same effect. Mm. And that's one of the interesting things about the ECT Act is that, like I said in the beginning, it's technology neutral. It just talks about data messages. Right. So it could be anything, anything, any kind of representation of data. It could be a VoIP call. It could be a Snapchat thing. It could be WhatsApp. So it just means, you know, when, you, when you're communicating with something and you realize that this is going to have some kind of legal implication for you, just think about it. Think about what you're saying and think about whether that, that's the, the, the best place to have that kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And if it is, you know, how are you going to, you know, prove how are you going to capture that data later or how are you going to deal with the consequences? Right, right. Um, just a quick one. We've got a message that has come through via, uh, what's that, WeChat, right? Just looking at the screen. Um, from Sam, who says, um, well, okay, I knew this was coming up. Uh, Reva Stian comes WhatsApp messages to Oscar with thrown out of court as Paul hits the floor nodding. Yes. So just a comment, a comment from there. Um, I, I mean, obviously you were, you were involved in that, in that from, I mean, you were on TV with us. You were kind of, um, been asked for opinions about this. Um, you were running the case, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely was. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, so I mean, they're saying, so that's a comment just saying that, um, why were those messages thrown out? Why were they not kind of held, you know, kind of in there? Well, when you, um, when you bring, when you introduce that kind of evidence, or when you introduce, you know, any kind of digital evidence, there's some requirements that you have to meet just to prove that this is the kind of evidence that a court should really accept and give due weight. Um, so you have to prove things like the message integrity and, you know, whether it's actually something worth introducing as evidence or something that's actually relevant to what's going on. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a number of things. It's not, it wasn't just, I don't just, think that the fact that. that it was just a WhatsApp message isn't the thing. It's more like, how do you actually go about meeting those requirements? Right. So a good example, probably a better example is what we're talking about that, that we meet thing where the, where the, the conversations just kind of evaporate. Mm. You know, how do you then go and prove what the discussion was? Exactly. And even if you could, even if somebody produced screenshots, how do you actually prove the authenticity of that? Mm. How do you prove that yeah. no, actually this is a fair representation right. or an, uh, like an accurate representation of that conversation? Right. So those are the kinds of challenges you have there. Sure. Well, I mean, we know that everything can be manipulated digitally. I mean, if you've got good photoshopping skills, I mean, you but can make anything look like anything. we're talking about contracts specifically, not just Reva Steenkamp, her messaging systems. Or yeah, I think the principles is, is similar. similar. It's just your, your standards of proof in that differ in different contexts. Okay. All right. but, and then I think just finally, just to end off, you know, one of the questions was: We see a lot of people um, that have got on their Twitter hand on their Twitter profile to say that um, the you know whatever they say is in their personal capacity and yeah. blah blah blah. Um, from what I understand, you just got to find one e- one tweet about their work and they've linked themselves to their work, or is that still a little bit vague as well? Uh, I don't really share the same okay. view as some of my colleagues on this one. Okay. Um, I think it depends very much on your. On your status, you know, where you are in an organization, and uh, what you're saying in the conversation. Look, just saying these views don't represent my employers, I don't think that actually means much. Um, I think it largely comes down to how much reliance on what you say um, 
should somebody reasonably attribute, attribute to the employer, for example, or mm. it's usually you know, an employment yeah, issue. Yeah, exactly. You know, mm. how much how much reliance should somebody put on that, and how much should they attribute to the employer as a representation of what the employer's views are? Um, and I think that varies really from case to case. It depends on who's 100%. saying it. It depends on what the context is and how they're saying it. I mean, generally speaking, if you want to play it safe, then don't say things that are going to reflect yeah. poorly yeah. on your employer because it's not just about the Twitter thing. It's also, you know, your, your general duties that you have as an employee mm. and so on and so on. And it's also your reputation. You, and what you're are you representing about the company as well, aren't you? Yeah. It should be. And yourself yeah. as well. Mm. So at the end of the day, we lessons learned that don't be too quick. Don't press the reply. Mm. Don't press yes. Just you know, it is something that you might not think is relevant now, but someone might dredge it up later on. Um, just got to protect yourself yeah. and just think a little smarter about this. Yeah, well, think. Yeah, but it sounds cheesy, but mm-hmm. I mean, think before you click. Yeah. yeah, one of those. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Paul, thank you very much thank for you, joining us. Paul, what's your Twitter Thanks handle? Paul. I know you're quite active on Twitter, so people can follow At you. Paul Jacobson. Okay, that was quite complicated. Um, <laughs> all right, I did tweet a picture earlier, so you've got his um, his Twitter ID from there. And I think this is a great time to take a small break. Whoa. All right, so we back. Sure, that was quite interesting with Paul about all the legality of, you know, what does it mean when we send a message, um, including a WhatsApp or a BBM or, yeah, which is going to be a little bit. This quite quite terrifying, right? It's all legally binding, and we've mm-hmm. got to we've got to protect ourselves. But we need to be held accountable for what we say. So, I wonder how that applies to pictures. Or um, yeah, we didn't even go there. Yeah. Right? Okay. All right, but changing gears slightly, um, we have got some prestigious gentlemen out here all the way from um, the States, from Texas, from Austin. Um, okay, they are involved in a one-year's master program. Okay, I'm going to try to pronounce this, but you've got to bear with me. Okay, it's MSTC is the abbreviation. It's Masters of Science in Technology Commercialization. You got yeah. it. All right. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, sure. So we're off to a running start here. <laughs> um, all right, how's it, guys? Welcome to um, the show. Welcome to South Africa, I suppose. Yeah. Um, hey, first time you guys here, here or? First time here in South Africa. Uh, many years ago in 1992. Okay, so first time in South Africa. <laughs> Things have changed a little bit. So um, what's the mission? Why are you out here? Sure. So we are both students at the University of Texas, and we are studying basically technology commercialization or wealth creation. How do you take a great idea and then turn it to something that can make money? Okay, good question. And the answer is? Or does it take a whole year to find this out? Well, it takes a long time. Okay, but, right, okay. But the, uh, the biggest thing is really it's not just take an idea, but you really have to find, like, the right thing. Because, you know, like one of our instructors writes in his book, is like, great ideas are like a dime a dozen. Mm. So you have to go ahead and figure out what would really, actually really fit and really what would people pay for at the end of the day. You want to make money? <laughs> sure. Well, yeah. Okay. Why not? So that's only a small part. I mean, a lot of this is driven by trying to solve problems, right? That's sure. what innovation is all about. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, we, we've seen a lot of that where, um, especially in in Africa itself, where we can't rely on technology from abroad. You know, um, right. you can't kind of take something from the States and go file, save as Africa, and hey, the stuff just works. Right. It doesn't really kind of just just go that way. We've got very different problems here, which I suppose has led to people coming up with innovative way of solving localized problems. Is that what you're finding on your trip? Mm-hmm. 
That's exactly right, and that's part of why we're here. Commercialization, innovation, clearly this has happened at the states. And so, in fact, earlier today, we were over at IBM Africa learning about how they are trying to adopt the challenge of integrating the broad-based Black Economic Empowerment Act in a way that's acceptable to both IBM's value but also respects what's happening here in South Africa. Sure. Okay. So I mean, there's, there's no simple. There's, I mean, there's no one one answer for everything. That's uh, right. You know, there's no one no kind of penicillia that cures all ills and just do this and then you, you'll just rock and roll. Um, where where else have you been? Yeah. You mentioned IBM. You here well, at Central, so obviously you're at the winning right. house of technology. Well, I've been here since Monday myself, and I'm a, I'm actually a scientist okay. and uh, I'm a chemist, and I work. I've been visiting uh, places in the country that have been t- looking and at uh, foodstuffs, looking at pesticide detection in your foods and things like that. So how we can help detect things that are bad in the food before it gets into your food chain here. Okay. So that's uh, I've been here since Monday visiting several companies doing that. Why is South Africa a point of interest for you guys, though? And so clearly it's been well known, not just for its political revolution, mm-hmm. but also its economic revolution. Right. And I think that's an energy that we want to be able to capture and find opportunities that are not just identified in the states, but here in South Africa. Particularly for me, I'm interested in renewable energy. Right. And so South Africa's come a sure. long way yes. in trying to find different ways to kind of commercialize Still alternative trying. energy. Well, the fact that we have electricity on today is winning. Amazing. <laughs> 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 rocking and riding this. Um, and then I suppose something that's kind of quite interesting that's been doing its rounds, um, in especially in a kind of with the buzzwords, is the Internet of Things. Um, right. and, and, and I do a lot of work with Intel, and they're quite good with... Exactly that. Um, trying to detect stuff early, um, having biodegradable stuff. Right. Okay, that's a technical term. Um, <laughs> that you stick into the soil, degrades over time, but it sends you information throughout its lifetime so that you can make accurate decisions based on what's what, what's going on out of there. Um, I think those kind of technologies integrating into other stuff and talking to other things is going to start really changing the way that we see kind of the next evolutions. Yeah, that's why I was talking uh, right at the very end when we were at IBM talking about what we call informatics, bioinformatics, mm-hmm. looking at all this metadata information from all over the, the place to actualize, you know, what's really happening in your environment here. And uh, as a scientist, it's really intriguing for me, but also as a, as a businessman, it's it's a great opportunity also. But I suppose we all make decisions based on information. So right. the faster you can get information, um, the more accurate that information is, the better your decision process becomes, right? And the larger the amount that you have, you know, you can get... Sure. No, absolutely. Look, I mean, big data is just not going to stop. I mean, we've got right. you know, bigger and bigger, and it's just a matter of... You know, no, in the past it used to be, let's look at uh, historical and say in June so and so happened in the last couple of years, therefore we expect it to happen into the future. Nowadays it's kind of what's happening now and make decisions based on now. Um, and you've got to crunch all those different data sources from wherever they're coming in from and kind of make, make them business sense. That's right. And these transactions aren't just happening in our own local environments. They're happening all over the world. And so it's right. having that global mindset of how does what happens here in South Africa affect the rest of the world. And so that's part of our analysis. So, I mean, are you finding that it's quite a small community? In other words, like things that you happen to find in the States, like electricity, mm. for example, um, you know, in a working postal service, where you know, we kind of sometimes we just, um, you know, we just don't have those. I mean, as recently it's just been one shocker after uh, after another. Um, are you finding that we're still a global village? In other words, we still there's still things that are you know, common denominators throughout the various countries. 
Absolutely. I think you still kind of have a sense of a spectrum of both wealth and opportunity. Everywhere I go, everywhere I've met, this boundless sense of hope and opportunity in South Africa. But at the same time, people have different economic needs. And so there's still this struggle for advancement, the struggle of kind of an economic liberation, that hope of a better tomorrow for the country. That's universal, right? right. But the standpoint of how much opportunity does an individual person may have, that's somewhat diverse depending on their own experience. Okay. And is it is it big companies making the difference? Is it the little companies make, making the difference? You know, everyone talks about the next Facebook coming from, you know, it could be from anything. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Mm. Is that anything and anyone or? Well, I think it really is. I mean, what I've seen many times is you take small companies, small little, you know, I have this great idea. Somebody f- figures out that it really is a great idea. And then, uh, the work and then be adopted by the larger corporations. And the company that I work for currently, that's exactly what we do. We buy, you know, these small companies with, they come with great ideas. And so I think even especially here when I'm visiting the laboratories around, I mean, there are small companies here that are really doing good things inside your, your country, but they're also exporting those ideas out to other scientists around the planet. Okay. So. And then the incubator model, I suppose, still works where people, you know, I've got a great idea, great techie, um, but he can't run a bath, never mind a company. And, you know, and, right. okay. <laughs> but, but his idea is really awesome and you can really take that, take that forward, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, sure. So what do both of you hope to get out of this experience? And so for me personally, I want to learn and see how the people of South Africa are really working to innovate and solve their own problems. Mm-hmm. I want to get an understanding of what's different about the energy that South Africa brings. And personally, I'm still very interested in kind of renewable energy specifically. Right. So I'm looking to study different options for particularly solar energy, but also wind energy. Okay. And for myself, it's it's basically setting up ties here with uh, the scientists to take their ideas and, and see what we can do back at the University of Texas and bring and help them. Okay. To actually bring those into a better light. Do you here. think that you think you will be able to? I think so. I mean, I've I've been doing this for about twenty years, and we've, uh, you know, it's I've seen this, you know, matriculate around the planet. When you take something here and you get a bunch of great minds from around the planet together, and it just can explode. Mm. Magic happens, Russ. Mm. Exactly. Okay. Awesome, guys. Thank you very much for your time. Thank, Thank you, you for, for popping in, in and um, sharing some kind of a different perspective on our regular tech show. Um, really glad we had some electricity for you today. That's all, <laughs> it's, it's been a big one. We all look pissed about this. <laughs> um, all right. And I think we'll, um, have you guys, are you on Twitter at all? Can people follow you? Can get some information for you? I am a little bit. I mean, uh, you know what Twitter, I mean, Twitter is just like this birdie thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I am on Twitter, James Norte, and, um, I am happy to be here. That being, just have a little representation of the University of Texas. I can, I have to go up by saying that what starts here changes the world. That's our motto. We have to continue that here in South Africa. <laughs> nice. Okay. Very cool. Very, very cool. Thank you very much. Yes. Right. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I think we should start a show. I, I think we should start singing. A singing show. I think it's I think it's been done though, like American Got Talent and Pop Idol. No, I've never heard of any okay, of those things. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> all right, so that was quite cool. I mean, I like kind of the whole universal kind of approach to yes. technology. Um, yeah. People from abroad, kind of saying, what? it's nice that we have visitors. Yeah, people still want to come here. It's great. Yeah. Uh, I, I noticed everyone's got their suitcase still, just in case they have to rush to the airport, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. In the unlikely event of a water landing. <laughs> um, all right, so I am just we do we kind of running a little bit behind time here, but I just want to. Um, I tell you what I saw, which was really, really awesome. Speaking of kind of Internet of Things and big data and every other buzzwords that technology has out there, mm-hmm. 
3D printing. 3D okay. printing. So 3D printing, um, you know, it's kind of the hottest new thing. So mm. like you have a printer at home, you press mm. print and it prints out a document. Here you'll be able to print stuff. So the motto is you break it, you print it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that's my, mo- that, that's, that's my motto. I'm t- you know, trademarking that. But <laughs> it, uh, effectively that's what it is, is that you can take any design. Um, that you have, as long as you can digitize it into a 3D model, right. and there's lots of tools that help you do that, right. you literally can send it to your printer and print things like um, a working wrench, um, gears. No. You, you've got something that's broken off your TV, a little plastic bitty thingy that you can't kind of replace in a shop. You just print your own. Um, that's pretty cool. So up until now, it's been ridiculously expensive, right. like 100,000 rands plus. Right. Um, so Rectron, being the South African kind of company, has done a deal with a company called MakerBot, which is one of the world's kind of leading um, 3D printers. Bot makers. And they are bringing it to Dion Wired no. on the 15th of December. Monday? Okay, um, yes. Okay, like, before we get kind of too excited, too excited How um, much it is, is it? still going to be sub 20k, oh, so yeah. like 19,000 rand, give or take. Yeah. Um, but if you think of it, of you're trying to prototype a new product, you're right. trying to show someone what your vision is. For a couple of, you know, a couple of hundred rands, you can print something and actually touch, feel and see and see whether it will work or not and yeah. actually kind of portray your ideas better instead of on a blueprint or a PowerPoint presentation. Um, so I think it's really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, the mind boggles it up, but things that you could do with this yeah. thing. And they've got something called Thingiverse. Oh, I'm cool. not making this stuff up. Okay, Thingiverse has got something like 700,000 designs that are already out there. Really? So if you want to get a, I don't know, a keychain, go look up keychain. Download the ones that you like, bang it to your machine, go home, come back in the morning, it's, you've got a keychain. That's amazing. Yeah, I think it's very, very cool. Yeah, and they've very, got like an cool. app that can actually see what the machine is doing, tells you when it's running out of, you know, it's kind of the, the refill um, product. Um, yeah, I think imagination is going to be the only limitation yeah, yeah. to what we can and can't do with this. Yeah. People have printed anything from literally working guns. <laughs> on a 3D printer, because people would, because of course we would. they can, yeah. um, you know, and but down to medicine, to medicals, um, you know, they've even taken a 3D printer into space now to try print um, literally working parts in case something breaks. Mm. So I mean, that's we should quite give it wild. to me and see if I can break it. We know the answer to that, right? Mm. Okay, no. All right, um, but uh, yeah, Dion Wired. Mm. The fact that you can walk into a Dion Wired and buy yourself a USB cable. And a 3D printer. That is amazing. Rad. Yeah, that is very cool. Okay, so very, very, very cool. cool. Nice one, Rectron. Thanks for okay, coming. Okay, but me now, I found uh, a very cool story. Okay, well, uh, let's do this. Claire, <laughs> do you have a really cool story? <laughs> Leron, <laughs> I think I do. Oh, please share. Okay, so um, I was reading about um, traffic lights in Germany. This company called um, Urban Invention has come up with um, a kind of a game okay. called ActiWait. Called what? It's not. It's not me Act- speaking German. Activate. 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 <laughs> um, and basically, what it is is you're playing pong at a traffic light. So this is to deter people from jaywalking. Which I mean, I wondered why the Germans would even need it because I would think they are so good at sure. stop, go, yeah, nine, There's house, nine, all that. Follow, exactly. Right? Okay. But obviously, they do jaywalk. And um, what they've done is, while you're waiting for the light to change, you can play pong, which is you know. Yeah. Table tennis kind of game, the okay. simulator kind of table tennis game, with the person on the other side of the street. No, no, wait, so wait, 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 wait. Okay, mm. hold on. So we're both heading to this traffic light. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's red. Mm-hmm. Red Which means, means nine. Stop. Yeah, means mm-hmm. stop. Mm-hmm. I stop, you stop. Mm-hmm. We then we look play. at each other across, longingly across <laughs> the traffic. And we play pong. Uh, and we play pong. Mm-hmm. 
and that's where, where does it ha- is it on the app is it on the physical no no it's on the actual um traffic light, traffic light. so you play pong on the traffic light yes no. it's very cool and basically it counts down until the light goes green and then you can so go it gives you something to, to do. do and then it stops you from actually getting off the pavement and carrying on across the road supposedly Okay. Mm. I wonder if that kind of they get competitive. So they, our team versus your team. Your t- I'm sure it does <laughs> you know? get competitive. I wonder if they high five each other on the way across the road. Or, yeah, or, or zap each other because you've lost the yeah. game of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So these guys are, are quite chuffed about them, about the whole thing, and they think they're going to, you know, save lives and all that kind of thing while making okay. walking down the street. I think it. mm, it's. I think simple. it's very cool. I mean, we don't really walk too much in this country. No. Um, I mean, we saw two people at Ravonia Road, and obviously the car must have broken down. <laughs> um, but but in areas that you do do a lot of kind of pedestrian, mm. I mean that's quite that's mm. quite a cool. Uh, little, mm, it would make me want to walk just to the traffic light to go and play pong. Be a pong championship, <laughs> <laughs> you know, clear the high score of the I'd day. Love that. <laughs> okay, and the winner of Court of Ravonia and Oxford Road. <laughs> you know, I'll walk faster. Um, yeah. All right, that's quite quite, quite cool. Yeah. Um, with a couple of minutes remaining, the um, I don't know if you saw Twitter, uh, Twitter, YouTube brought out the top ten trending videos. Oh, yay. Okay, which they always do. It's called Rewind. So if you just go into um, youtube.com forward slash rewind, and you'll see the top videos that have made um, kind of headlines throughout the year. And the, the top one mm. was, I don't know if you saw this, was the spider dog. Did you no. see this? No. <gasps> have you not seen this? Oh, guys. Spider dog? Seriously, what do you like work for a living that you can't play on YouTube? <laughs> okay. Spider dog. Okay, this quickly. Say this that is, louder. My work might be listening. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the best thing ever is that this guy made a spider costume. For his dog. So this thing is massive. Okay, this looks ridiculously big. Terrifying. And he sent this dog running around, frightening the living crap out of people. Oh, and he filmed it. So he's got this dog in a lift. And as the lift opens, the dog runs out. And people, what do they see? They don't see the dog. They see this legs. is a massive spider. Okay, so that thing has gone. I love that. Okay, dogs you see viral. Um, mm. that, I mean, they've got a whole host of from everything to everything. Um, there's some sports in there. There is the iPhone in we there. We know what people will be doing with their afternoons today. I mean, you'll kill an hour or two hours easily just going <laughs> through this top, uh, the, the, this top, this top 10 stuff. Companies will be grateful. We'll be, we'll, we'll, we'll be grateful. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and last final note, I don't mm. know if you've got anything else on your side, but, um, I thought speaking of company will be grateful. If you've got old technology, like old mobile phones, oh, I love this. what's the best way to get rid of them? Not throwing them away. But what do we do with them? Okay. They just so pile up in a drawer. You've got a, you've got a company, um, you've got a, sorry, you've got phones that you've upgraded or you, you, something's not right with us. You've bought another one. So there's a company called Zwipit, Z-W-I-P-I-T. Are and they German? No. Zwipit? It is South African, yeah. Yeah. And what they do is that so you'll go onto the site, mm. you tell them what phone you got. You, they'll then make you a cash offer on your phone instantly. And depending on its working condition, they'll give you high or low right. you know, uh, the amount. They'll even send a courier to your house to collect it. And really? they'll send it off to their processing plant overseas. They'll make sure that it is in the condition that you said so it you was. So you can't lie. So you can't lie. Awesome. If they'll send you an email to say, hey, you said it was in good condition. Yes, we agree. Um, are you happy for us to pay you out? Mm. You say yes. Ten days later, money in your account. Have a nice day. But you only have what twenty-four hours to decide whether you used to, whether you want to retract the offer or something. So like that. what happens is once they give you, once they make you an offer, you mm. say it was in a brilliant, brand new condition. Mm. They say no, dude, it's scratched, it's screen's mm. broken. So you have a choice at that stage to say, no, nah, just send me my phone back. Yeah. Or um, I accept the I accept yes. Offer, but, okay. Right, right, right. So if you've got technology in your bottom drawer, it's just going to get older. 
Um, it's a yeah. nice way of getting re- getting some cash. Definitely. You're not going to get huge bucks for it, but the mission of going onto those classified sites and getting all these people phoning you to make appointments to waste your time. Get it out of your man drawer, basically. That's pretty much what Collect that's everything. the motto. Mm. And I think this wraps up yet another wonderful hour of Yay. tech. Claire, well done one more time. Thank so Claire Matters from me. Brainstorm, rocking it out. Clearly is doing a lot of work because she's just not watching any YouTube clips. Everyone I've said, she said, I've no idea what you're talking about. Thumbs okay. up, thumbs up. Right. Keep big, going, keep big, going. Big, 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 well. <laughs> um, and then obviously, and we've got to give a shout out to Duncan. Duncan, Duncan is just rocking this thing, making awesome. us all sound like ridiculously like we know what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> he has got a zapper, so when we don't, he kind of makes sure we know that too. <laughs> um, and that's me, it's Liron Segev, um, also known as the Techie Guy. So thetechieguy.com if you want to check some of the blog stuff and on YouTube. Um, and otherwise, we'll see you next week, same time, same place, same station. Check out. Bye. Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio.